Previously on Cyril Reed's Ninja Gaiden. After traveling halfway around the world to seek vengeance on his father's death, 13-year-old Ryu Hayabusa has suddenly realized that he's having a very bad day. Within the last few hours, he's been kicked off of a college campus, he got into a fight with some dude at a local bar, he's been shot, he let his only lead get injured, he nearly died by falling off of a minecart, he accidentally lost the only statue that was standing in the way of total world destruction, and, to make matters worse, he is now falling to his death again! What is our hero going to do? Will he be able to get the statue back and save the whole world from going up in flames? And will the evil Jacquio think of something better than letting Ryu fall to his death? These questions and more will be answered when we continue our journey into the heart of Ninja Gaiden. Chapter 15 Ryu hurtled downward into the darkness and landed hard on a rock floor, tumbling end over end. When he came to a rest, he was in another chamber, wide and empty. Blazing torches threw patches of light around, casting bizarre shadows. For the first time in a while, Ryu had a chance to think. He had to get back to the Jokyo. With, with both statues, the evil creature would surely be able to take over the world. Ryu's head was jangling with questions. Who was that red-haired girl? Was she really a CIA agent? Or was she in cahoots with the Jacquio? Maybe she was a double agent. But for whom? Was she telling the truth? Was anybody telling the truth? Ryu didn't have time to find any of the answers. A spark shot out of the wall next to him. He dove away. A familiar object clattered at the ground. It was a shuriken. Across the room, where no one had been standing a moment ago, there was a hulking figure. His face was covered by a death mask, and sharp spikes protruded from his uniform at the shoulders and wrists. Hey, don't worry, man, he said in a raspy voice, thick with a New Jersey accent. I wouldn't do nothing to you while you wasn't looking. I wait till people look me in the eyes before I kill them. Nice to know, Ryu said dryly. Hey, don't mention it, the man said. When Bombershed wants to kill you, he kills clean. With that, Bomberhead began swinging his right arm around. His fingers were gripping the end of a powerful chain. On the other end was a long, two-headed sickle. Ryu's mind raced. Using chi power would be too risky. Bomberhead must have been a master of chi power himself. He had prevented Ryu from seeing him at first. The sickle swung wildly in a circle. Any second now, Bomberhead would let loose. Anger welled up inside of Ryu. He was failing. He had let down Dr. Smith. The CIA was using him, his life was in danger, and he hadn't even come close to finding out about his father. Ryu was desperate. It was time for the art of the fire wheel. Never had Ryu attempted this dangerous special form. He had learned it at the end of his training session, a session that had gotten so furious that steam had begun to rise around him. Use your anger! as instructor had said. 
turn it into a weapon! He had shown Ryu how, and the results were so powerful that Ryu vowed never to try it unless he had no other choice. Now, he had no other choice. He let his rage rise in a fevered pitch. He felt his skin begin to turn hot, then came the smoke. Bummerhead's eyes were growing wide with confusion. He swung the chain and sickle faster, preparing for a mighty throw. Was it going to work, or was it only going to be smoke? Ryu thought about his dad, about the senseless death he must have suffered. Whoosh! There it was! The fire! It surrounded Ryu's body, turning him into a human ball of flames. Bummerhead's swing faltered. He stood staring, slack-jawed. There was a dull thunk. The sickle fell to the ground. Ryu stepped forward. The flames leapt from his body. They encased Bomberhead. There was a burst of light, like a supernova. In the next instant, Bomberhead was gone. The flames flickered, then died. Ryu collapsed to the ground in pain. He wasn't used to the art of Firewheel. He hoped he would never have to get used to it. It had worked, but he felt completely sapped of energy. Out of the corner of his eyes, he saw a door at the end of the room. Maybe it led back to Jacquio. He struggled to his feet and dragged himself across the cavern. Bats squeaked above him, as if laughing. He knew his strength would return. It would just take a little time. And during that time, he might be able to, uh, to get moving. As long as he didn't run into somebody, you know, like Bomberhead. He grabbed the knob and yanked the door open. Arg! An involuntary cry escaped from Ryu's throat. There was someone in the doorway. Someone huge. Someone with a sharp butter knife in each hand and a bloodthirsty grin on his face. I understand you defeated my friend Barbarian and Bomberhead, the fearsome creature said, raising the knives. Welcome, my friend, to the Major League! Chapter 16 Who are you? Ryu asked. He was weak. He had to stall for time. I am called Massacre! The third of Jacquio's bosses. How many of you are there? Ryu groaned. Bassaker laughed. Four! But that does not matter. You will not get past me. I assure you, no one ever has. With that, Bassaker casually tossed one of the knives. With incredible precision, it flew towards Ryu's dragon sword. The knife blade missed his hand by millimeters. Its shank caught on the sword's handle, tearing the sword away from Ryu. He watched helplessly as his weapon clanked to the floor near an ancient abandoned hourglass. Get it? Bassaker said. Get the sword and bring it to me. And, and don't try anything funny, because you know what I can do. Ryu turned to the sword. His defenses were down. He felt too weak to use chi power and didn't dare use the art of the firewheel again. 
bent to pick up the sword. He could see its tip mirrored at the smooth surface of the hourglass. Suddenly, he knew what to do. It was a crazy thought, almost an hallucination. Ryu almost ignored it. But his instructor, Akira, had always told him, The spirit of the ninja runs deep, ready to refresh the thirsting soul. Now as before, Ryu knew he had to trust his instincts. The hourglass. He had to touch the hourglass with the dragon sword. His fingers gripped the sword handle. He lifted it. As he stood up, he brought the tip close to the glass surface. Hurry up, Bassaker commanded. I have no time for zoop. There was a flash of blue light. Bassaker stood at the doorway frozen in mid-sentence. Ryu wondered what it was staring at. Then he noticed that all sounds had stopped. No whoosh of wind current. No squeaking of bats. He looked up. There were bats. Three of them. They were just suspended in midair. As if by strings. What had happened? Ryu glanced at the hourglass again, and it suddenly came to him. Time was standing still. It was allowing Ryu to attack despite his weakened state. Oh, he did! His thrust wasn't as strong as usual, but, you know, it didn't need to be. Bassaker, the the look of impatience still locked in his face, disintegrated without a fight. Around him, the bats began to squeak again. A droplet of lime water that had been hanging in mid-fall now splashed onto the stalagmite. Ryu went through the door. It led to a sort of tunnel. Actually, a pipe was a, was a better description. Judging from the smell, it was once part of the sewer that had fallen into disuse. It was plenty wide for humans to walk upright. But it was lit only by a weak light through the opening door behind him. Ryu walked along, hoping it would lead to the outside. Then he could mount a new attack on the temple, a a smarter attack. He felt his strength slowly returning. Ahead of him, there was a weak shaft of light coming from the top of the pipe. As he got closer, he saw that the light outlined a shape of a square. Below it was a small ladder. Bingo! It was exactly what Ryu wanted. He climbed up the ladder and pushed against the door. There was no hinges. Instead, an entire square lifted upward. It was made of heavy stone, and Ryu had to push real hard. Light began to stream in, along with the lush, humid smell of the jungle. He pushed the stone aside and stuck his head out. He was at the edge of a small clearing. The grass was brown and the dirt hard. Everything had been made dull with the intense sunlight, except for the square stone. Ryu couldn't help but notice the gold inlay that sharply reflected the light. There were intricate figurines arranged in some sort of ancient message. Something else caught his eye. Across the clearing was a larger stone tablet, curved with a tightly spaced words. He wasn't sure why, but... 
Somehow, this place seemed familiar. Surely he'd never been here before. He walked closer to the tablet, but but a horrible loud voice made him stop short. Welcome, my friends, to the home of Bloody Malth. I'm glad you're here. I've been starved for victims. The word shook the ground. Suddenly Ryu's sword flew out of the scabbard and into the woods. He turned around, stunned. What he saw was a half-human, half-machine, a cyborg. Its chest muscles seemed sculptured out of metal. There were three claws in its feet and a horn mask in its face. It held a sword and on the right hand. In its left, it wielded a heavy metal shield. It was a, as if it were plastic. A shield with the displayed letter J. J for Jacquio, Ryu said fearlessly. Is that there so that you don't lose it? A despicable sense of humor. I guess it runs in the family. Ryu's stomach flip-flopped. It felt the blood rush from his head. He knew why the place seemed familiar. The stone, like a a tombstone. The clearing, the inscribed tablet, the shield marked with the J. How could he have been so slow to figure it out? No, he hadn't been here before, but his father had. To the last detail, it was exactly the same place that Dr. Smith had described at the university, the place where Dr. Ken Hayabusa had died. I know who you are! The words were wrenched out of the deepest part of Ryu's soul. His eyes glared at the pent-up anger of lifetime. You killed my father! Most laughter resounded with rifle shots. Where is your sense of humor now, young Hayabusa? I find the situation extremely funny. In fact, you might say the air crackles with comedy. Thunder sounded in the distance. The warrior slowly raised its arm. You haven't seen anything yet. Here is something that will electrify you. Moth crackled at its own joke as a bolt of lightning split the sky, stretching towards the creature's upheld sword. To be continued. Game hint. To beat the Bomberhead, get next to him, duck, and then hit him with your sword. And now, an open letter to A.L. Singer, author of Ninja Gaiden. Dear A.L. Singer, Alright, Mr. Singer, enough of the pleasantries. It's it's time we had a real heart-to-heart discussion here about uh, where you're taking the series. Uh, for, for seven episodes, I've stuck with you, hoping that you'll, you'll give my, my favorite Ninja Gaiden game justice. But the moment you acknowledged that there were four bosses, that's when you started to lose me. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for you uh, throwing a bunch of big bad guys in the way for Ryu to deal with, but 
do they do they really need to be fought in a specific order and do they need to know that they need to be fought in a specific order and 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 why only four of them it seems like the more bosses you fight the more out of practice they will be you have to figure that the first boss probably sees a lot of the action if not most of the action i mean but but if he's good enough and you know apparently he is cuz he's still there then the second third and fourth fourth bosses uh, shouldn't ever have to worry about even get on, getting up in the morning and and w- what happens if one or two of the bosses are killed by a 13 year old kid yeah and not only is that really embarrassing but that leaves you with this this big hole in your starting lineup is there a, is there a manpower office that specializes in menacing killers who who are able to use magic and have no problem killing killing a 13 year old kid and if there is where, where do I sign up for that gig? Man, I hate kids. <sighs> Beyond the two bosses, Ryu has to deal with, uh, these two chapters uh, reintroduce us to the Jokyo creature. And apparently this character is kind of a dick. Uh, may- maybe uh, maybe it doesn't need to be brought up, but, it, but a joke. A joke. It's something that's meant to make somebody else laugh. Not, not yourself, but somebody else is supposed to laugh. When he talks about killing Ryu's father, that, that's not a joke. Here, here. Let me demonstrate. This is a joke. <clears throat> All right, if I were to say, if you ate pasta, an anti-pasta, would you still be hungry? See, now that's funny, okay? Now, this is not a joke. All right. Uh, I raped and gutted your dog last night. Tonight I'm going to come for the rest of your family. See? That's, that's not as funny. That's the stuff that Dane Cook might say. I'm 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 sure the sense of humor works down in the the South American area, but uh, but but here we expect a lot more from our comics. Oh well. Beyond the silliness of the actual story, I still say that you're being undercut by the game hints that you have scattered throughout this book. Uh, at the end of the 16th chapter, it, it tells you how to beat the Bomberhead character, which you say is by ducking and using your sword. Getting, getting over how basic that strategy is. And, I mean, really, did you even have to write that down? The, this, this strategy clearly wouldn't have worked in the actual story. In the book, you suggest that Ryu uses all of his anger and fury to summon a fire wheel. Then again, I've often said that ducking and using your sword is superior to using magical fire wheel, but hey. Oh, and seriously, what... what what does Ryu have to be so angry about? Yeah, I know. It sucks that his father died when you know before he, he got a chance to meet him. That's the kind of thing that can, can really affect a childhood. But come on, there are millions of people who live without a mom or a dad. You, you don't see them going around on a mad killing spree and summoning fire. What could this guy possibly be so upset about? I mean, when you're 13, the biggest worry you have is fitting in in school girls and their their cooties and 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 finding a ride home from the mall <sighs> if this guy has that much drama going on in his life then mrs hayabusa sent her kid to the wrong summer camp oh al singer how you writing confuses me hey sincerely sarah lachelle <laughs>